Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that kind of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple life, but not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready? Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome to your own sports podcast here. Uh, special Halloween edition with that uh, spooky intro there from uh, old Rob. Got that all queued up and ready to go. That was the first time I heard it as well. Uh, it kind of let in there pretty beautifully there, Rob. Maybe that should be our standard intro, uh, intro from now on. What are you thinking? Yeah, not a bad idea. I had to do what you can here for a little, celebrate a little Halloween for the 31st of October. Yeah, theme it up a little bit, huh? That's right. Huh. So let's, uh, you know, looks like Houston's up one nothing here in the World Series in game, uh, game six. Looks like, uh, they might be the champs here by the end of the podcast. We'll, uh, you know, keep everyone updated because I'm sure everyone comes to this for their, uh, baseball information instead of checking any scores apps or anything. But, uh, it's pretty quick too, up to date. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, let's, uh, let's first do a little recap here. Week eight in the NFL. The weekend recap. All right, so my week, I finally got my pick of the week back on track, which was which was nice with Carolina. I know you had loaded up on them too, and that uh, was kind of a never in doubter uh, right side, so that was nice. Yeah, it was a big uh, game. What was that? Big game for me. I know that much. I'm glad to get that one home, and good that you got your pick of the week home. Yeah, definitely, and it's nice when you don't really have to sweat a whole lot. Um, then this other bets I had, I had a two-unit play on uh, the over in the Cincy uh, um, Indy game, which was a little bit dicier than it should have been, but ended up getting there ultimately. And, uh, and then I ended up jumping on the Lions there late for the Sunday night game and had every chance to cover but couldn't quite punch her in. And, uh, and then I also lost uh, the Miami game, so I kind of bookended it with a couple bad one one bad pick, losing 40-0, and, and the other one was kind of somewhat of a bad beat uh, with a couple of winners there in between. So ended up going 2-2. Two and two is, is all right, but um, you know, won, won my bigger bet, so still a little bit of a winning weekend for me. How was your weekend? Um, altogether, from a you know, myself perspective, it was pretty good. I was pretty happy. Made some money and everything. From a pick's perspective, that release, another 1-1, one one, kind of disappointing. I lost my pick of the week in that Detroit game, but... Don't feel too bad about it, but it kind of sounds like a broken record this uh, this year. So I look at that uh, stat line. We might get into it a little bit later, but what was it? Uh, I don't know how many yards they had, 400 or something like that, and they scored 15 points and five red zone appearances, and pretty hard to do. Stopped twice and the one one on the, once on the one yard line, and another time, you know, pretty close to that, and didn't kick a field goal the other time, and pretty much everything. I don't know, but anyway, that's what happens. It's it's a game, but that's what I had lines and over. So it's pretty frustrating from that perspective, but. From the whole weekend perspective, it was uh, not too bad of a weekend. Yeah, for sure. Um, so on a side note, heading back to the Halloween deal, do you got uh, candy you're handing out tonight, or what's uh, what's your play here? I don't know. We've been uh, been on Skype for a little bit little bit long, so I don't know if I'll be able to get down there before the kids are gone or not. I guess we'll have to see. 
You don't got a roommate or anything, man in the door? Or? Yeah, I think oh, the old butt stick might be down there. I'm not sure. He's uh, who knows what he's doing. <laughs> All right, yeah, no, I have a I have a bowl ready to go, but and then the lights on the front porch. But it, uh, before I ended up calling you, I know it's a couple hours later here, so it's it's already nine o'clock Minnesota time. But haven't uh, hadn't anybody come to the door? So no I don't takers, know if huh? our house just isn't that inviting or what. I think it might be the person living there. It might be the case, not the house. <laughs> just giving off the bad vibes. Yeah. The old uh, so. creepy grandpa, I think. <laughs> so, all right, well, let's uh, segue down. This segment's probably never been more uh, apropos here. Uh, after last week, there was a, a handful of games where the number came into play, but uh, let's look over those here quick. Getting the best of the number. So where were the spots last week, Rob, where the, the games where the number came into play? Yeah, so we had quite a few, like you mentioned, or at least a handful. Uh, first one, New Orleans, which I was on the right side of. Uh, thank God, thank goodness. <laughs> uh, that one opened eight and a half uh, consensus, at least, and closed in that seven and a half eight range. So really, you could have bet either way at, at close or open if you would have got it at the right time and landed right on eight. So again, that's that uh, New Orleans Chicago game, and yeah, kind of a couple fumbles there late. So yeah, who knows the way the game the way the game played out? Who knows what the right side is necessarily? But yeah, just from getting the best of the number, you could have got it either side if you just waited in the week, or if you would have got it right away, uh, taking the points. So or had enough outs like like I did. So um, uh, and then the next game was Atlanta Jets. Actually, both side and total landed right in the middle, and kind of a nice middle actually. It opened for the total forty six and a half and closed anywhere from forty three and a half to forty four, and that game landed right on forty five and was the score there 25 to 20 and then the yep. um, spread there same deal on the on the side that Atlanta opened four and a half and got bet all the way up to six and a half and that's another game I jumped on late I got the Jets I think six and a half with a little bit of uh, plus money so that was a good one for me but yeah another one take Atlanta early or if you wait and get the Jets late you uh, could have won either way could have been a winner so again be best best of number and then a few other kind of ones that are out there Philadelphia San Francisco total uh Open, you could, 47 and a half is where it opened, and there's a few 43s at a few different shops throughout the week, but definitely not widely available, but definitely, uh, could have got a 43, and that, that game landed, uh, 33 to 10 was the final, so that one landed on 43, so you could have got a push there if you got it at the right time, but again, that's kind of a little bit of a cherry pick. And the same type of deal with Oakland and Buffalo, open 45 and a half, and William Hill and Boyd actually, right before kickoff, moved to 48, and that's what that game landed on, uh, was 48, so. Could have got another push out of there, but again, those last two games, a little bit of a cherry pick. But for sure, the first three, the uh, New Orleans and then Atlanta and the Jets uh, side in total, those two games and then the three uh, different wagers there, definitely could have taken advantage of them and middled them or whatever if he would have got the best numbers there. So, Yeah, that's just, uh, again, just kind of interesting. Um, so, you know, anybody who's on any of those sides and ended up losing, uh, you know, step up your betting game. It's one of those things where, uh, you know, your average person likes to bet teams, and, and pros are betting numbers one way or another. So there's a perfect example of, regardless of your opinion on how a game's going to play out, if you got the right number, uh, you, you got the win. So something to keep in mind as we go forward, you know, where you bet and when you bet is just as important a lot, oftentimes as who you bet. So anyway, let's uh, head on and start getting into the Week 9 card here, huh? Yeah, let's do it. So I guess first of all, uh, like we usually do here, we'll mention the buy teams. Looks like we got the Bears, Browns, Vikings, Patriots, Steelers, and Chargers. 
kind of a you know obviously as us being both Vikings fans, it's always disappointing when you're on a Vikes bye week, as you still have your bets going and your fantasy and you know the different games that you enjoy watching. But you know the Vikings are always up there in terms of adding to the excitement and the hopeful joy on a Sunday. So it's kind of disappointing to have them on the shelf this week. Uh, any any strong opinions that you have to mention on any of these teams? Yeah, obviously it's kind of annoying that they're not playing, but in a way I kind of like it because then I can pay attention to other games because usually when the Vikings game's on, I have to put that on my main TV and I have less red zone than the other you know three or four games I got going, so I pay less attention to them. So I almost like, not when I don't like when they're on a bye, but I really like when they're on a primetime game or you know they're the only game on because I can really focus a lot on it and pay attention because I care about it, but then also not to miss any other games and everything else. But as for these teams, uh, no, I don't have much to say. Like I said last week, I think might just you know wait until we... Uh, get off the buy and kind of see what the the value is and the number is uh, next week. But I don't really have anything uh, overwhelmingly shocking to say. So, yeah, no, I I agree with you on the Vikes thing. The best is the the prime time game, specifically probably the Monday nighter or the Sunday nighter, I guess. Um, I was going to say mention. Do you see with the Browns with they uh, that trade with McCarron? Did you hear about that or see that this today? I saw it flash. I didn't know the details. I was actually out on a, in a business meeting when I saw it or whatever on the TV, but yeah, I don't know the details of it. So they were in a trade with the Bengals for a second and third rounder for A.J. McCarron, which is fairly steep when you think Garoppolo just went for a second rounder. And they did it. They were trying to complete the trade five minutes before the deadline. And then oh, yeah, the, the Bengals got the trade into the office, but the Browns were too busy celebrating, and they never actually ended up calling in the trade so that it couldn't go through, and they tried to convince the league to put it through anyway, even though they called it in late. <laughs> and then the league declined, so if that's the not trade Brown, ended up happening. If that's, if that's not typical uh, Cleveland Browns, I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say peak Browns right there is just pretty crazy. So I just thought that was uh, worth mentioning, even though from a you know gambling standpoint, it really doesn't have a whole lot of effect going forward. I just thought that was a funny little tidbit. So anyway, let's get uh, into the week week nine games here. So the first game up we got is a Thursday nighter. Little AFC East battle. It's got the Bills taking on the Jets here. Looks like the Bills are laying three, three with some juice. Um, a total of forty-two and a half or so. Yeah, my power rating here: Buffalo minus two and a half. The Westgate open uh, again, like we do every week. We'll use the Westgate here in Vegas for the opener and the look ahead line. Uh, Buffalo opened three and a half at Westgate, and the look ahead line is Buffalo two and a half, and. Yeah, I think that total is sitting closer to 43 in most places, what I'm seeing, but um, I think it's 42 at MGM, everywhere else on my screen 43, and I guess 42 and a half at Westgate. But yeah, I'm not really shocked here to see a little bit of Jets money at home, uh, divisional matchup, getting getting that hook. Uh, now that kind of got bought up, it's now sitting at three, uh, with even a little bit of extra juice. So uh, kind of surprised it moved this early, actually. Yeah. Because you kind of think you'd wait, and uh, cause I don't think the Jets are going to be backed by the public a whole lot. But either way, uh, I, I kind of agree with it, but I didn't actually take it myself at open. But obviously I don't disagree with it, but at this number here, at sitting at a flat three, I think it's uh, maybe still a tad too high, but I'm I'm not in the business of taking uh, bad numbers, especially with a key number like three and not getting a hook. So obviously if I would have taken it, I would have taken it at open, and I haven't taken it, so I'm probably going to be staying away from this game. and. Again, it's a Thursday night game, so it really has to jump off the page for me to get involved. Yeah, this, this is a case of you got to basically be set when you're not at least getting the hook or more than three. You got to trust the Jets to be pretty live to win the game or you know lose very last second by 
by a field goal or something, and I just don't know if I necessarily trust them uh, at this point against what's been a pretty good team when the Bills. But then at the same point, I don't really trust the Bills a whole lot to go on the road and, and win a division game, even if it is against a somewhat of a weaker foe. Um, I just don't, you know, one of those things where I, I don't, even though the Bills are 5-2 and two and they've been playing some pretty good football, they're just not a team I totally trust yet. And uh, just, yeah, Thursday night added into it. Just doesn't really have the feel. Like, I could very easily see him going and lose this game, but I also don't trust the Jets enough to bet on him. So, uh, this one I'm actually kind of intrigued to watch, um, but I'm not, I don't really have a whole lot of betting interest. So, let's just uh, head on over to the Sunday games. Like, no London games this week. I think they're done for the year, right? Yep. So, it looks like we got seven early games and then what, three late games. So, it's... Not ideal, but not, not not terrible either. At least we don't have two late games again, especially when we have the, the six-by teams. It's a fairly decent ratio, I suppose. So the first uh, early game we got is Denver at Philadelphia. It's like Philadelphia is laying eight with a total of 43.5. Yeah, my power rating here, Philadelphia minus eight. Westgate open, Philadelphia minus seven and a half. The look-ahead line, Philadelphia minus six and a half. And yeah, I... I don't like laying points here, especially a, a, a touchdown or more, but that would be the way I was looking as soon as the, the line came out, obviously just by my power ratings in the opener, but still don't want to lay the points. And after Philly is about as high as you can buy right now after that big win, blowout, or not big win, but just a blowout win against uh, San Francisco last week. But and then Denver's on the opposite spectrum there looking pretty awful, and I've kind of ex- kind of expected it. I Even last week, or I guess, I guess it's yesterday, it feels like last week, but Yesterday, when uh, against Kansas City, it's kind of the value. That's where you kind of should have played. Is where the value is pointing on on Denver getting over touchdown in the hook, uh, division game like that. But I just want to know part of them, and I'm glad I stayed away because they were pretty much just lifeless, specifically on offense and the offensive line and Simeon all all game. So and I I don't really think anything's going to change. It looks on my screen here is popping that Osweiler is going to be the starter. So I definitely don't want any part of the ostrich either. So. Uh, I'm not going to be laying points with Philly here, especially over a touchdown, but I I really don't want to be part of uh, playing Denver because you basically just have to rely on their offense to keep you in the game or their defense to keep you in the game and hope their offense doesn't make mistakes. But I'm not going to be buying for that right now. I know that much. Yeah, I mean, this, how, could this scream teaser candidate anymore? It's, it's just hard to imagine Denver coming off, you know, a couple, of the, or at least last week, of division rival in a game that they desperately needed and just looking as poor as you could, um, you know, and then traveling back to the West Coast, and, or, you know, the mountain time zone, and then now coming back to the East Coast for an early game. It just seems like, and then I know I've I heard that uh, there are some defensive players you know, talking to the coaching staff and um, vocally being upset that Simeon's still a starter and saying he's kind of lost the locker room some. Um, you know, it just seems like there's a lot of signs that Denver could just be kind of in for a rough stretch here. And that's one of those things where maybe they, their defense can play decent and they, you know, Philly turns it over a time or two and they, they don't cover this big of a spread. But when you can tease it down under a field goal, it's just hard to imagine that Philly doesn't, isn't going to win this game. Uh, you know, that being said, it's almost every teaser you look at on paper looks like it can't lose. So, you know, you got to take everything with a grain of salt. But, um, yeah, I don't, I don't, totally want to lay this number and I really have no interest in taking Denver at this point until they show me a little bit of uh of life and or you know Osweiler or Simeon or whoever they end up having in their packs of lens when she comes back from injury once they show me that they can 
at least put together some offense, even if it's not consistent. Because the last few weeks, they've just been so lifeless that there's not even been a hint of offense. And that's just not really anybody I really want to put my money on unless they see some signs that there might be a little bit of uh, you know upside there. You have anything to add to that? It sounded like you want to jump in there at one point. No, I was just kind of looking at it here on my screen. It's kind of crazy. The bet percentage, It's which I take with a grain of salt for the most part, but I kind of use my own uh, knowledge and just kind of the way the market's moving. So it makes sense in this case. That's why I'm bringing it up. But it's saying right here that the 15% of the tickets are on Denver, and then I, I can't even read it because the bar's so small, but it looks like it's 6%, So, uh, which is just crazy, which, I mean, it doesn't really shock me, but that's I haven't really seen that all year, having that few of tickets and, and uh, specifically the money. I mean, like ninety-five percent of the money on the on the Philadelphia side. It's just, uh, it's just crazy. Yeah, you really got to take a leap of faith to back Denver the way they've looked the last couple of weeks. But you know, at the same time, a lot of times the most unattractive bets are the ones that cash because you're in the same boat as everybody else. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, next game up we got is the Rams coming off a bye, heading to New York to play the Giants, who are also coming off a bye, I believe. Yep. Uh, looks. So, like the Rams are three, three and a half on the road with a total of 41 and a half, 42. Yeah, my power rating here is, uh, the Rams four and a half. The Westgate opened the Rams three and a half. Uh, look headline was the Rams minus three. And this is a game here. I just want to make the Rams, uh, push my power rating higher than the market because I just don't want to be on this Giants team right now. I know they got their problems and, they're coming off the bye, like you said, but like like you said, the Rams are Rams are too, so it's not really a much of an edge. I'd say if anything, the Giants are going to be it's going to be helped a lot more than the Rams will from the bye, uh, especially just looking at going into the bye of off a loss or off a win. And I believe the Rams came in off a, a big win, if I remember right. I can't remember who they played, but um, I, that's one thing I look into. I don't really take effect for the bye if a team comes off a big win. I don't really upgrade them coming off the bye at all, just for the fact that they're coming in excited and you know basically oh we won and you know don't have much to work on but you know vice versa if they come in off a loss uh going into the bye then come then you know coming off the bye the next week or the week after whatever you want to say like the in the giants case for example then they have to have something to work on a and then b they most of the time if they're, if they're coming off a loss they're going to have injuries or other things and that you know it's something that they can improve upon and the, that extra time is huge or the extra rest is huge for getting people healthy so um, but I don't know, like, yeah, so obviously I'm going to look, look towards the Giants, uh, if anything, um, it, it's just where the value would be, um, but I, I just really don't want to do it, even at home, I just don't know where their head's at right now, and it's something, I'm not going to just be chasing them, and, uh, we'll see what happens, but I mean, yeah, it'd be a Giants or pass for me, but I really have not, not much opinion on the game, I think, like I said, just taking the aspect of the buy and a few other things, it's kind of interesting, but I don't really think the way everything lines up here, I can really take advantage of any of those situations, uh, that I, uh, I'm looking at. Yeah, the Rams are coming off of that 33 to nothing blowout of the Cardinals in London, where they just dominated, obviously, from start to finish, as the, the score would indicate. And then you got the Giants coming off, uh, Eli throwing up all over the field and screwing me out of my pick of the week against the Seahawks, where they were in it for a while, having like 70 yards of offense. And then finally the Seahawks put them away with that flea flicker, uh, the, the simultaneous catch deal to, to handily win that game. So yeah, like like you said, it's one of those things where situationally I think it uh, it favors the Giants, but uh, you know at the same time, I I bet the Giants when they were getting whatever five and a half six or something like that against the Seahawks a couple weeks ago, 
And I think that the Rams are just about as good as the Seahawks, at least at the time they played. So now it's like, okay, you're getting a point and a half, two points less. Um, you know, and then and it didn't come through last time. Do I really want to pull the trigger on the Giants again, even though I think the spot kind of favors them? Just not really. Uh, I also don't really feel like laying over a field goal on the road with the Rams. If the game got down to a flat three, I'd maybe be interested in the Rams. Just thinking the Giants just might just might be a lost year for them. And, you know, if the Rams put up a decent effort, they'll probably have enough firepower to, to win the game. And I also have a slight lean to the under at 42, somewhere in there. Um, I just think the Giants just kind of, they've basically been struggling all year to put up points. And now especially with their uh, wide receivers, I know has made a huge deal a couple weeks ago when they played Denver right after all the receivers got hurt. And then the last couple weeks, they've played games where they've scored 33 points total, the both teams combined, and then 31 points uh, against the Seahawks. So it just, I think they're kind of an under team, but it's a little being a little bit undervalued at this point. And the Rams, they they put up some big big scores, but I, I trust their defense more than their offense. So um, I think the number's a little bit low enough where I don't, uh, I'm not going to bet it heavily. But uh, that would kind of be the way I'd lean in this one is Rams if the price gets down there and then a little bit to the under. But uh, not a great chance I'll be involved in either of them necessarily. Next game, we got Tampa at uh, New Orleans. Looks like New Orleans is laying seven at home with a total of 50, 50 and a half. Yeah, my power rating here, New Orleans minus six and a half. The Westgate open, New Orleans minus seven. Look ahead line, New Orleans minus six and a half. And yeah, just judging off my power rating there, and obviously I'm going to be looking towards the Tampa Bay side. Um, it, another team, you kind of buy low. They've looked pretty bad. I had a bet against them. We both were on them last week, I guess we could say. You had the pick of the week with Carolina, and they kind of just got dominated. and Not even really dominated. I think they should have got dominated more, which I think is a little bit of a detriment on Carolina, which I guess we'll wait until we get there. But Tampa Bay looked pretty lifeless as well. Obviously, that defense, I think, is rated. Um, any advanced ratings that I've seen or listened to that I people I trust, it's Tampa Bay is rated dead last in defense um, from an advanced metric standpoint. So, And just from the eye test, too, it kind of made, you know, you can see that, too. They have and hardly any sacks. I think uh, one stat I heard that have the least amount of stack, sacks in the NFL with, like, seven going into this next week. So can't get to the quarterback and can't play defense. Secondary is pretty bad uh, going against a breeze. Breeze-led offense and, uh, you know, down south, so I don't know, in a dome. So I don't know. <laughs> and, you know, I, obviously you can understand where the public money is going to be and why everyone likes New Orleans. But, uh, you know, like, like I said, it's a divisional game, and you're, you, the value is going to be on Tampa Bay. So that would be the way I'm looking, but not overly thrilled with it. But I'm, I'm a feeling this line's going to keep going up, or at least I hope so, because if it gets to a 7.5 or a little bit higher, uh, I'll probably be just taking a Tampa Bay out of a value bet. But where it sits right now, I'll probably be on the sidelines. Yeah, this is another game that just on the surface at seven just kind of screams teaser. And although I think the Saints are a much better team than Tampa, I just, yeah, I mean, you're buying the Saints, I think, about as high as they're going to be all year. And you're, I think the Bucks are probably about as low as they're going to be all year. Uh, just kind of, it would scare me. I just, even though the, the Bucks have looked pretty lifeless for the most part here, um, I, I don't know. I still think they have enough talent and, where it just seems like they should be able to put together a fairly solid effort at some point. They just haven't really done it yet. And uh, and the Saints have they've been winning games, but, I mean, they really haven't been overly impressive, I don't think, by any means. You know, the last week they beat the Bears, and 
by eight, and that was just they never really totally got it going in that game. And then the week before that, it was the first game the the Packers had without Rodgers in there, and won that game by nine, and you know took took care of business. And that was probably almost a little misleading the other way, where they probably won a game a little easier than that. But then uh, then in that weird game against the Lions, where there's Stafford turned it over in his own end zone a couple times, and they won that by fourteen. And then it was a London game, and they won twenty nothing against the Dolphins. So while they've been winning, you know, whatever five games in a row here, um, I don't know. I think they're a solid team, but I, I think they're kind of getting a little bit overblown uh, for how good of a team they are. I think they're probably a, a middle of the road team, maybe slightly better than that. Um, so it'd be a case where I'd, I'd be a little bit weary to tease them, even though that's kind of the way it looks, and I'd have no interest in laying the seven with them. So like you, um, the only way I'd look would be Tampa. If it gets above a touchdown, it's just a matter of if you want to take that leap of faith and, and think the Bucks can maybe maybe make a play or two on defense at some point, or if uh, you know Jameis can actually have a decent day for once. So um, yeah, I'm not uh, not a strong opinion on that one, but uh, the only way I'd probably look would be Tampa. Uh, next game, Cincinnati at Jacksonville. Uh, Jacksonville here laying four and a half, uh, total of thirty nine and a half or so. Yeah, my power rating here, Jacksonville minus three and a half. The Westgate open, Jacksonville minus four. And the look ahead was Jacksonville minus three. Um, yeah, getting some respect. I'm even seeing, you know, bookmaker Chris there at five and a half, uh, a little bit extra juice on Cincinnati. So I would imagine just from the looking at it, it looks like it's going to, I would assume this line's going to get bet up some more from Jacksonville. Um, actually, I'm not sure. Maybe it might be sitting right in this little pocket here, uh, four and a half, five range. But I won't be really surprised it's going to go if it went up to uh, if he got a six. But I don't think it's coming to come down much at all. So I think uh, this is you know, kind of going to be the floor. So if you like Jacksonville, I want you know I think that's probably where you're going to get it. I don't think you're going to get much of a better number than this. But Cincinnati, I'm going to wait around. Um, they obviously have their problems. A lot a lot of things not to like about them. The close game in Indy last week and barely snuck by that one is you know decently lucky I'd say or. Definitely wasn't an easy win when they're laying double digits, but I was on the indie side there. You know, pretty easy cover, uh, and almost the outright winner, but it didn't matter to me. Like I said, had the spread, laying double, uh, getting double digits. But you know, this week is something I would look at Cincinnati just for the fact that you know their defense is okay, and Jacksonville they're coming off the bye, but I I don't put a whole lot of a uh, whole lot into that just for the fact that they came off a, a big win. Um, pretty dominating fashion, and then you know, just the Jacksonville team that's not used to winning. So it's you know kind of going with the theme of this year where they kind of go back and forth. They win one, lose one, but you know I I have to agree with that. I think it, and I think it makes sense just for the fact that, like I said, a young team that's not used to winning. So um, and then you also give uh, Jacksonville. I think has a pretty weak home home field advantage. I'd say you know top five or ten percent in the league. So um, uh, another another thing where you're talking about saying Jacksonville's a Definitely a lot better than Cincy, a decent amount better, but you know, this is getting to the point where you're 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 paying a price for it here, so I'll kinda of wait around. Like I said, if you can get up to a if you can get a six, I think I'll take Cincy at, at six just at a value play, and I think it, it might get there, so that's uh, where I'll be looking. I mean it's the old adage, isn't it? You know, Blake Bortles with extra time to prepare, you know, that's worth a couple points. That's a good point. <laughs> um it's interesting how the both uh they're both coming off a Colts game. I don't know, it's not too often you see that where both teams that are playing each other, they played the same opponent the last game. So if you do the math, the Bengals won by one, and Jacksonville won by 27. So I figured they'd be laying about 26 and a half here at home. It's pretty sound logic. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't really have a whole lot of interest in this one either. Um, 
I don't really trust or like Cincy and and have him here for a while. Um, and Jacksonville, I don't really trust laying more than a field goal. I just as much as I like their defense, it just scares me to play four and a half with Blake Bortles. I don't know if it did take a lot of a uh, lot of counter evidence of of him playing pretty good for me to ever trust laying more than a field goal with him. So um, yeah, I don't know. It's this is a even like the total. I just I don't really know what to make of even that Cincy over I cashed last week. It I think it should have been not over easier, but it's just they're they're kind of team too that just kind of scoundrels a lot of uh, a lot of plays and um, just kind of seems like almost like the Lions did the last week. It seems like there's there should there's an opportunity for a lot more points. They don't get as nearly as many as they should. Um, and then Jacksonville, you know who knows. I think they're kind of a little, they're more of an under team with the way they run the football and play defense. But of course, the total here is, um, you know, right in line with that at under 40. So, uh, another one that I don't really care about watching that much and, uh, and probably won't be betting on it either. So let's move on to the next game. We got, uh, NFC South battle here. Looks like Atlanta at Carolina. Carolina laying. One, one and a half, two at home with a total of 43 and a half, 44. Yeah, my power rating here, Carolina minus one and a half. The opener, Carolina minus two and a half. The look ahead, Carolina minus two. And, yeah, I, don't, I wasn't sure. I thought right away I saw a little bit of movement uh, on Carolina. I thought this would get to three right away, but uh, clearly not. It's kind of getting down, sitting, like you said, one, one and a half, two, somewhere in that range. So a little bit of Atlanta money coming and, I definitely agree with it, but I don't think it's too much of, you know, not getting too much of value. I don't think at that number, even at two and a half. So I was, I was going to be on it at three just because, you know, Atlanta is okay, whatever. I'm, I'm not really too high in Atlanta, but I think I'm, Carolina is definitely a little bit, uh, I don't know. They're a little bit misleading and, and hard to figure out, but I think it's, they kind of threw me off the scent right away at the start of the year just because their defense is pretty good. And then Cam had those couple games where he looked phenomenal. And then since then, you know, that New New England game and that one game after it, but since then he hasn't really shown up much, and he kind of got the job done last week. But it wasn't you know a lot of a lot of it was because of, because of Tampa Bay, and like I said, against one of the worst defense in the league uh, in the league, if not the worst. So I think this might be a game where Atlanta can figure out a little bit. But um, you know, again, it's a division game, and they got their own problems with their offensive coordinator. Their offense isn't clicking like it was last year, and and everything else. And it was tough to figure out after last game uh, with that all that rain in the and. Um, New York there against the Jets, so that's kind of hard to figure out, and kind of got to throw that game out the window, you know, for moving forward or try to base any handicap off of that. So I don't know. It's basically a long way of saying I don't really have a feel here um, for either team. I was just gonna take uh, take the three if you get it, if you could get it at, with Atlanta in a, in a divisional game like this. And I think it's pretty two equal teams, but a little bit of money came in now. So I'd, yeah, like I said, I don't I don't really see myself involved in this game unless something happens uh, crazy with the spread. Well, what? Uh... What unit do you trust the most out of out of in this game? If you had to take one, Carolina defense. I was gonna say that's that's my my feeling as well, and uh, I, I don't really like. I don't think the spot's spectacular for Carolina. You know, coming off a win against the Bucks, where they basically just won with their defense, and now they traded Kelvin Benjamin, which I don't think the loss is necessarily going to be huge in terms of what he was producing, but. I know I, I saw a couple tweets from Carolina players that had, you know, sad emojis and stuff like that. So if it's unpopular in the locker room, um, you know, that might not be good. 
for morale, but it's already kind of a, uh, you know, a flaky team themselves where you're not really sure, you know, with Cam shenanigans and, you know, the, the players there, you're not really sure if you're always getting the best effort from them all the time anyway. So that's a little scary. But to me, it's like if you get the Carolina defense, which I trust the most in the game out of anything, and then you're going to only, you're laying less than a field goal at home with what's a, you know, not a great home field, but it's not like a horrible home field. Um, I think that's kind of the way I'd look. And then both teams record wise are right in the same area. So they're both going to be pretty motivated. Um, they're both coming off wins. So, I mean, I, I think the spot's not great, but it's also not bad. I don't think really either. So. In that situation, um, I, I got to lean to Carolina here. Anything under three, if it got to three, um, I wouldn't have a whole lot of energy to play Carolina. I'd be, I don't know if I could get actually get on Atlanta, but um, I would probably be totally indifferent at that point because I do think they're basically pretty even teams. And if Atlanta gets his offense going and Matt Ryan plays better than he's played all year, then you know you just rip up your ticket and call her a day and move on. Um, that's just the way I would look, though, and I think it's worthy of a you know a small bet or maybe an average size bet. Nothing to go crazy with, but I like uh, the Panthers a little bit just because I think the price range is a, is a couple points off here. Uh, next game, we got Indianapolis at Houston. Looks like Houston is laying 13 at home with a total of 49, 50, 50 and a half, somewhere in there. Yeah, crazy, yeah. Uh... My power rating here, Houston minus 10.5. The Westgate open, Houston minus 11.5. Look ahead, Houston minus 10.5. I don't know. That's just another game. Uh, I, I was on Indy late last uh, last week. Just waited until the number got as high as it could, and I popped it. Um, probably doing the same thing here. Probably uh, I don't like it as much as I did last week against that Cincy team. but Because uh, Houston, obviously, they're... I think I said even when I was home uh, over a month ago now about how much I like this Houston offense, and how they're pretty, they, they look like a for real type of team, and that's kind of what I said a while ago. And that's kind of when they first started up, and 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 Deshaun Watson was showing up and everything. And um, so I I, I won't feel super confident here by any means, but uh, obviously the values on Indianapolis, just you know, by, by my power rating and everything else, it's just it's inflated. What did the public see last? They saw a shootout against Seattle, one of the best teams in the NFC, and Watson looked really good, and other than a few interceptions and mistakes that he made, so I mean. Make it, I understand why the you know numbers coming in higher than the look ahead, and but you know, obviously that just leads to value to somebody uh, you know like me that's going to take the other side. So Indianapolis here or pass uh, obviously, but um, we'll see how high it can get. I don't know. Uh, I think it's probably going to be sitting right here. I don't see it getting to fourteen, but if it gets to fourteen, I'll definitely have a pretty decent decent side wager on it. I would assume. Yeah, I don't uh, want to sit here week after week and make a, a case for the Colts and uh, Jacoby Brissett and. You know, a team that's two and six and the coaches make it fired here any week. But, uh, I think I'm going to do it again. Uh, I, I think I, I kind of like, uh, I like Indy. I think they're going to put up not a ton of points, but, you know, maybe kind of close to what they did last week. Maybe get to 23, maybe 20, somewhere in there. And, um, you know, the Houston offense, although Watson's been pretty good and, um, you know, the, the narratives, Everyone's pretty impressed with them, and you know, as, as you should be. But I think that has kind of inflated this a little bit. You still got a, you know, division game here, and uh, Indy's fared just well in this. You know, obviously they've had Andrew Luck, and now you go down to Brissett, it's a big difference. But if you have luck in this game, uh, I'm sure it's down 
know, more in the four or five range, somewhere in there. So it seems like a little bit of an overreaction. I don't think Brissett's the worst quarterback in the world. I think he's at least he's capable. Uh, you know, put up some points and one or two fluky things happens in Indy's direction. And I think this is a fairly easy cover. So, um, you know, if Watson goes off and they lose this game 40 to 10, you know, so be it. But, uh, I think more often than not, uh, Indy's going to be able to keep within 13. So that's, that's kind of the way I would look. And again, a slight lean to the over, but, uh, I think the price range up here around the, in the 50 range is, has kind of adjusted. So in a division game like this with, Two teams that historically, uh, specifically from Houston's side, I guess, have been a, an under team for the most part of the last couple of years. This is a pretty, pretty high total. So I think, uh, you know, the odds makers and the markets are all kind of onto the same thing I am. So it's not like you're sneaking up on anybody for any value in terms of the total. Yeah. I'd, so, uh, was that? I'd, say, I'd argue it's a little inflated personally. I mean, it opened 48 and got that up. And even at stations right now here in Vegas, it's sitting at 51. But, uh, the, thing I think it's interesting, Pinnacle's holding strong at 49, just adjusting the juice. I'm sure they know that once they pop up anymore, 49 being a decently key number total, I think it's about the second or third most key number. Uh, as soon as they pop to 49.5, they're probably going to get some sharp action on the under is what I'm guessing. So they're holding strong at 49. And I don't know, I think it's a little bit too inflated personally. So, I mean, I, I hope it keeps creeping up, but I might I might have a little small wager on the under here. Just, uh, you know, like, like I said, a uh, Clearly, the adjusted a few points just from Houston's perform one performance against Seattle there in Seattle. So, yeah, I mean the one interesting thing though is if you look at Houston, like I I agree with you, and especially in theory and um a little bit here and then how it's playing out in reality. But if you look at Houston's last few games, their point point totals for combined um have been seventy nine, uh, fifty, seventy six, seventy one. 69. So, I mean, what's that five weeks in a row where the lowest total they've had has been 50? And that was against the Browns, who obviously can't score. But I mean, that's at some point, you know, that goes from you have to adjust off of what they've been historically and, and what you kind of expect uh, Houston to be to, you know, maybe that's more of what's likely to continue. And obviously, they're not going to keep scoring in the 70s every game. But I mean, that's, I think that's pretty, uh, pretty explanatory of of how they've kind of been playing as a team more and, and how Watson's been and how their defense is kind of taking a step back with all the injury that they've had. So, um, you know, I, I agree with you in, in theory, but I also think that that's something that I don't really want to sneeze at either. So the more I talk about that, the more I think uh, I'll just kind of stay away and, and see, you know, what ends up winning out there. But I think we both agree on the, the side that, that just seems like a lot of points and one that I think Andy should be able to keep within 13. Uh, next game, Baltimore at Tennessee. Uh, you see any lines for this one at all? No, it looks like Cantor threw up, uh, or CGT threw up my five and a half on. Yeah, that's no, that's not right. Never mind. No, no, I don't see anything. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, if you get Flacco in there, it's, it's going to be a huge point adjustment. Who's, who's their backup even, you know? Do you have any idea? Yeah, isn't it, uh, what we saw him, Flacco's backup, you're saying, right? Yeah, he, he came in on, uh, on that Thursday night game. At that point, I was so pissed off at how bad my Dolphins pick was that I, uh, kind of zoned that out, but, um, uh, it, it's not Mallet, is it? Oh, yeah, yep, 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 that's who it was. Yeah, Mallet, so, I mean, I don't really have any strong feelings about him in terms of a backup. He's, he's alright, I don't know, I mean, Flacco, 
hasn't played that good himself this year, so I don't even know if it really matters a whole lot. But um, yeah, I don't know. This game, I don't really, I don't even really necessarily have a guess of where it's going to come out with any certainty or or have much opinion. I don't really like either of these teams that much. So I don't, unless you got something else to say about this game, I say we just move on. Nope. All right. Now on to the late games. Oh, here's a good one. The uh, NFC West showdown. We got the Cardinals laying one and a half, two on the road, two and a half with Drew Stanton heading to San Francisco. Uh, the winless San Francisco. Let's see, about a total of 39, 39 and a half. Yeah, this is the game uh, when the season started. This was on my schedule. This is the one I had circled and starred in big letters. So I'm waiting for this game here. It's a big one. But uh, now power rating Arizona minus one and a half. Westgate opened Arizona minus two and a half. Look ahead line Arizona minus one. Um, I, I don't know. I, I like the San Francisco side here. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, obviously that um, that Jimmy G trade is pretty big. So for San Francisco, it'll be interesting to see how they play him into the system. If I don't think he's starting already on Sunday, is he? No, nah, I saw a report saying that he's not going to be starting this week, but they'll likely. Um, try to work them in the week after. Which, I, cause, uh, Bethard, I haven't liked him at all. I was on San Francisco, just another value play against Philadelphia last week, which obviously didn't get there, but he's just hard, he's hard to watch, I think, and he's, yeah, they've had their own problems on offense, but he's just thrown a lot of bad throws, made some bad decisions. It's kind of like, in my eyes, a little bit like um, Simeon. He's just somewhere I don't really see him. Once you lose that confidence, it's kind of hard to imagine it comes back, but so that's what Jimmy G once he starts playing, if he can, you know, be interesting to see how he is. But I'll, I'll probably be on San Francisco more than not with with him at the helm. But it, I think it might be even a positive, especially if he isn't even playing this week. It might give the San Francisco a little bit of motivation, like you know, let's play hard here, and then we're going to get a better quarterback moving forward. Um, and, you know, try to get a win, and then against this Arizona team in a division game. So I think they'll be motivated. They've had two pretty bad performances the last two weeks, um, kind of getting blown out, but against the NFC East teams, Philadelphia and Dallas, but. Arizona's a pretty far below average team, in my opinion. So I think they have their own problems, and even Stanton, I'm not too high on at all either. So you talk about them laying points on the road. I don't even against the San Francisco team. I mean, that's the only way I'm going to be looking is taking the points here at San Francisco, and especially if it gets up to three, um, which I don't really see it happening. I think it's going to be sitting right here, but uh, one and a half, two range. But um, I'll probably be on San Francisco. Just a matter of when I uh, when I hop on it. Yeah, this this is. Disappointing, in my opinion, just from uh, I really wish Palmer was in here, and as we were getting about you know four and a half or so with with uh, San Francisco minimum. And what what do you think the line would? What do you think the adjustment is from uh, you know Palmer to Stanton? I think if it was a few weeks ago or three four weeks ago, I'd probably say it'd be higher up. Maybe we're up in that four and a half range. But I think I think the market's kind of caught on to Palmer and this Arizona team. Uh, They're slow, but I think they eventually caught on. I think it probably would have been about three. Oh, I disagree because I think Stanton's been just every time he's ever been in a game, basically, he's been pretty horrible. I, I think even though Palmer's old, there's at least there's a chance that, you know, he's there's there is a, a good Palmer, too, that'll randomly go off. I don't know. I I said it would I think it would have been at least three and a half for sure. Uh, but, you know, who knows? Um, This is I don't know. It's like I want I want to take San Francisco. But this is, I hate this price range so much where they're basically having to win the game. I think they're, they're capable of, of playing decent. But I, I don't know. I just, in this price range, when you're asking me, when you're asking them to win the game outright, essentially, it's just, 
kind of hard for me to jump on their bandwagon. And then you got Arizona off a of bye. And, you know, I'm not a big Stanton fan either, but you never know. Sometimes when someone goes down, you got a little bit of Ewing theory potential, or maybe the rest of the team tries hard. And, you know, Arizona's technically still in it. Um, what's their record now? They're, what, three and four? So, I mean, they're not totally out of it. They could still maybe trick themselves into playing pretty hard here and keeping their season alive and getting back to four and four. So, um, you know, I don't know. I just, not really a game I'm that interested in, side or total. And it'll definitely be on the, the third biggest TV down here, too. So I might as well just move on to the next one. So we got Washington at Seattle. Uh, Seattle lands seven at home with a total of 45. Yeah, my guess here, or my power rating here, Seattle minus six and a half. Westgate open, Seattle minus seven. Look headline, Seattle minus six and a half. Uh, this is uh, either Washington or pass for me here. But I was on Washington last week, and I knew exactly what I was getting into bed with, with that offensive line and the, you know, the injuries they had, but. I just kind of took it again out of value. It kind of popped up right before kickoff, so I just had to take it out of principle. And they really were in the. They played a lot better and ran in a lot more than I expected, even even though I was on them. Um, they had that one key play with that field goal that got blocked and got returned for a touchdown. So that was a you know a ten point swing. So that was huge. And that kind of from there they kind of just took off. But otherwise they would have been winning. They would have definitely been in the game and would have for sure been covering. So. Who knows what would have happened if that play would have changed, but, you know, who knows, you know, what if, what if type of thing, and you can't change, but, um, yeah, I, it'll be, I just kind of got to just keep an eye on the injury report all week here and see what happens if, if Washington can get healthy a little bit with their offensive line, and, you know, it's definitely worth a play, I think, getting the seven, but, um, I, I think it's probably going to go higher, and I don't really expect that to happen, so I'm probably not going to be on Washington here, um, especially at Seattle. Tough place to play, and if if you don't have a good offensive line, you could just get decimated and might get blown out there early. So I don't know if I want to be a part of that, and you can kind of see that coming from a mile away. So we'll kind of keep an eye on their injury report for Washington, but like I said, probably be staying away. I think this is another one I'd have a pretty good amount of confidence in teasing Seattle down. Not that I've, I've been anti-Seattle pretty much all year, and I think they're probably overrated and uh, don't, you know, Wilson's playing pretty good, but I don't... uh Really trust their offense that much at all. Um, but at the same time, there's Washington injuries. I just don't think they're going to get much better. And you know, Jordan Reed's out now too. And, uh, it's just to a, comes to a point where I know I saw, I don't think it was last week. I think it was a couple weeks ago. They had one, uh, tackle get hurt and they brought in TJ Clemens, who the uh, Vikings fans know is just an absolute dumpster fire when he was here. And then they brought him in, and then he got hurt, and I had to bring somebody in behind him. So I'm like, if you're uh, you know, on the roster behind TJ and there to get in the game, that can't be a good sign. And as, even though I'm a decent Cousins fan, uh, I thought he played pretty solid you know, the last month or so, and it just uh, hasn't really resulted in much success. So uh, it's just I'm, – I'm not – I think this number's – probably about where it should be, so I don't really have a whole lot of interest in laying Seattle. Um, but at the same time, it feels like that number looks fairly juicy taking the seven with Washington. Uh, it just kind of feels almost like a sucker bet to me where it's a little bit of just uh, the pseudo-false value. So I'd, uh, I'd be pretty tempted to pair up Seattle and Philadelphia in a little, little tease. But, uh, you know, when you do that, when it's two of the top teams in the NFC that have been getting a ton of buzz, and they've been rolling along here for a few weeks in a row. That's just begging to get it busted up. So even though 
it looks on paper like that's about unbeatable. You know, when you get to the square bear like that, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, bound. You're just begging for something to go wrong there. So I, I, I don't know. I'd probably stay away from this game completely too. And this would be a game, I think, where if, uh, you kind of look at both the lines and if Seattle's line is playing decent and Washington's is playing bad, through like a quarter, I think it wouldn't be a bad time to get into a volatile live betting or just second half betting or vice versa. If Washington line holding up fairly well, um, I think Cousins is totally capable of keeping this one close. So I mean, it might be one where you just kind of watch and see how it plays out. Uh, but I don't feel comfortable really making any bets here before the game starts. Then our last of the late games, uh, Kansas City at Dallas. It looks like uh, it's about a pick them with a total of 51. Yeah, my power in here, Dallas minus one and a half. Westgate open, Dallas minus two. Look at line was a pick em. And the uh, line came down a little bit after that Kansas City performance. You know, pretty decent fashion, but I'm not really su- super surprised uh, how the g- way that game played out and then having the money come on Kansas City here. But I don't know. I, like, I liked a little bit. I liked it, Kansas City a little bit when it first opened, if you can get a two. Uh, but now I'm kind of shifting more. Where if I've seen right now I can get a plus one for Dallas at one, one of my outs. So. It'd be that'd be the side I'd be looking. So kind of just uh, getting a little nitpicky, but I'll be interested to see where this line goes. I mean, right now I think I'd probably have a very small lean to Dallas, but I think the you know the Zeke news is kind of overblown a little bit, which I think would help in that favor with Dallas, and then especially Kansas City. They're a good team, but that's why I don't really like fading them. I think they're playing pretty well, um, and they can't, even though they're coming off a short week, I don't think I'm gonna. I don't think it's a huge deal just for the fact that it wasn't very, a really tough game by any means. Even though it was a division game, they kind of had that game handled the whole, the whole time against Denver there uh, last night. So, like I said, a I, I, little small lean to the Dallas. But even then, I don't even really love that. So I'm just gonna wait and see where this line goes, and then I can take it from there and see if I uh, change my mind or if the line moves at all during the rest of the week here. Yeah, I'd have a slight lean to Kansas City. But I think I feel about equally as strong on that side as you do on the Dallas side. I just, I mean, uh, the Dallas home field's okay, probably a little slightly worse than average. So, I mean, and I think Kansas City is probably a slightly better team than average to, you know, I don't think they're quite elite like some people think they are, even though they do have the 6-2 and two record. But I'd say they're, you know, an above average team for sure. So I think it probably makes sense, and the market's probably right where it needs to be. And uh, yeah, spot-wise, uh, they're both coming off a game against a division rival, and where they basically—I mean, Dallas struggled a little bit more to get by the Redskins, like you said, with that fluky play, and Kansas City did, but that neither of them had to exert a ridiculous amount of effort. Um, and then I guess Kansas City wasn't in a prime time on a short week, so that's not ideal going back on going back on the road. But um, I just think they're just a better team uh, in general. So I don't feel extremely confident in this one, and I don't know. I just don't really have a great feel for it. But I'd have the slightest of leans to Kansas City if you made me pick one or the other. I think there's a pretty low chance I'll be getting involved in this one from uh, financial backing at, of any point. So uh, might as well just head on to the old uh, night game. We've got Oakland at Miami. Uh, Oakland laying three with a total of 43 and a half, 44, somewhere in there. Yeah, my power rating here, Oakland minus one. Westgate open, Oakland minus two. Westgate look ahead was Oakland minus one. I'm kind of surprised here to see this Oakland money early. It got bet all the way through three. Now I'm seeing three with juice. So 
I don't know. It's uh, I think it's just too much. I don't know. I don't really trust this Oakland team. I think there was a pretty bad loss against Buffalo last week. It was um, I, I didn't have any money on that game, but it just didn't, really didn't show up at all and kind of just got handled. And I don't really think Buffalo is that great of a team either. I think they're kind of a average, uh, average um, type of team. And Miami, yeah, got embarrassed against Baltimore on Thursday night last week, but. I don't. I don't know. I'm not. I don't. I kind of just throw that game out in in a, in a sense because they're on a short week, new quarterback, and they're, you know whatever. Even the coach, coaching staffs definitely. I think uh, was at a disadvantage against Harbaugh and his staff. So I kinda, don't want to completely throw that game out, but I definitely take it with a grain of salt. So I think this might be a time with extra rest that um, I don't like this Miami team much at all. But just from a value perspective, if you're Getting three, especially if it looks like it's going to the, you know, three and a half. If you get a three and a half and the hook at home, they, granted, they don't have a great home field, but I think, uh, again, I don't kind of just take it blind. I don't really like to, uh, want to watch the game or super strong play, but if you get a three and a half, I think you just got to take Miami out of, uh, principle. So it looks like Cutler's playing again, right? Is that, do you see that at all or? No, my screen still says undecided, so I don't know. Oh, okay. I thought I heard, uh, I read somewhere that he was likely to to be in there again. I mean, not that I don't think I don't think it matters a ton because hopefully more with an extra week to prepare would look a little bit better than he did last week. Uh, and Cutler hasn't looked that great himself. Uh, but I was just curious. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I I agree for the most part of what you're saying about which loss is more forgivable. Yeah, you know, he had Oakland coming in with extra time to prepare in a game where they really needed it record-wise against another potential uh, AFC wildcard team in Buffalo and just laid a pretty big egg. And, uh, you know, Miami obviously laid their huge egg against Baltimore, but it was on the road on a short week in uh, what wasn't nearly as good of a spot. So I think you, if you're going to give one of them a pass, you'd absolutely be giving Miami a little bit more of a pass. Uh, so getting a full field goal at home here is the way I would look. It's just so hard to come back to the window after that forty to nothing beatdown where I lost a a play I released last week against a team I don't think's that good, led, led by Ryan Mallett for half the game. It uh, and then I traded away uh, Jai to you know starting running back, which I don't know. Who, I don't. I'm not one to think running backs are value is super high, so I don't think that hurts necessarily in terms of personnel to where it would affect the spread or the outcome of the game much. But you never know in terms of the locker room if uh like I said with the I know I saw with the Panthers how they were upset about Benjamin being traded. Uh, I'm not really sure the sense of the locker room in terms of Ajayi being traded. But uh you know it's just it's just hard to really catch a vibe for this team. And uh, I'm a I am a big Gaze fan, but uh it hasn't really worked out too good for me this year back in back in the Dolphins when I have so um, as much as I'd be tempted to take the Dolphins here I'll most likely be passing this one uh, then this Monday nighter we got Detroit at Green Bay looks like Detroit's laying two and a half on the road with a total of 43 or so yeah this is uh, I'm surprised about this one my power rating here Detroit minus three Westgate open to pick them look at line to pick them and, you know, this is usually I fly around a handful of games right at open, and this is the only one I saw that I liked. It opened at a pick like I said, and I just thought it was wrong. I don't know. I just I thought it was a bad line. I don't know how this game, when you open at a pick uh, clearly I like the Detroit side. Um, 
but so I got it already locked in. But uh, now now you're sitting at two and a half with extra juice at some offshore shops. So, I mean, yeah, I'd still lean toward Detroit, but I just I'm not going to be when you, when you could have got a better number. It's kind of hard. But and, and the other thing that's kind of funny how much it moved after a lot of you know they lost against uh, a big game at home coming off a uh, were they coming off a bye? I think they were. Yeah, coming off a bye. Yeah. Against Pittsburgh. So I mean. The one thing if they went and blew out Pittsburgh and then that line moved, but the fact that they lost the game and scored 15 points, it's like, yeah, the stats were good, but still just the scoreboard and the the, the win loss it didn't uh, usually it doesn't show a, a huge move in the, in that direction. So in my eyes, I think it's clearly just uh, maybe a little bit of that with the stats, but I think a lot of it's just to show that how far the line was off. And clearly, with my power range, I thought it was off by a good few points. So. Um, It'll be interesting to see what Green Bay can do now. They're coming off a bye, but this is a huge game, divisional. And both these teams are kind of basically need this game for blood in order to have any chance of getting to the postseason. Um, I I shouldn't say that, but I mean it's just definitely a big game. Is what it comes down to. So, I I, small lean towards Detroit at this number, but I feel like it's probably going to get to three before kickoff, and just like my power rating uh, had it. So, I expect Detroit to come out and play pretty good here. But it'll be interesting to see what Green Bay can do and. And uh, McCarthy can do with his the quarterback and Hundley and see if he can get them ready at all, and we'll, we'll have to see uh, how they come off the bye. But I don't really put a whole lot of stock in Green Bay right now without the uh, Rodgers being uh, behind center. Yeah, I said normally this would be a spot where uh, I'd like the home dog quite a bit coming off a bye with extra time to prepare, either taking two and a half um, with laying less than normal juice, or if it gets to three, which I think there's a chance it will. Um, I love the dog. The problem is, is I think Aaron Rodgers has been covering up for a lot of Green Bay's problems for a long time, and um, him being out, I mean, just can't be understated. I don't, I don't think McCarthy's that good of a coach, so the extra time to prepare might be a little bit moot. Uh, I, I don't think Hunley hasn't shown me basically anything, and uh, I don't know if the rest of the roster is even deep enough or talented enough to you know, put together a great effort here and, and take care of the Lions. So, um, you know, it's, I just, I want to take the Packers from a situational standpoint, but like, like you said, both teams should be highly motivated and, and need this game, uh, to kind of keep their season and pointed in the right direction and give themselves somewhat of a chance here going forward. Um, but at the same time, I, I don't, uh, fully trust the Packers as a team. And, um, I, I don't really want to bet against the spot either. So at, at Pickham, like, like you were at, um, you know, I, I guess I'd lean Lions and just say, Hey, I'm going to take Stafford over Hundley and, and just kind of let it be. But now at this price and specifically if it keeps moving, um, uh, it's just, I don't, I don't really necessarily want to take the Packers because I don't trust them, but I also, uh, think, they think you missed the boat. Um, and just don't really see. This is much of an attractive betting option, and that you know, that's when when it comes down to it, that's uh, one of your best tools. Is you don't have to bet the game. So uh, this game, this card in general here is just pretty unattractive this week, in my opinion. A lot of ugly games and a lot of ugly spreads, and there's just not a whole lot that jumps out, or not a whole lot of uh, anything that I really trust that I I feel like backing with my own money. So uh, anyway, that uh, concludes the the week nine card. Uh, now. We, uh, what do we got? We got to end the pile with our pick of the week, huh? The AS Pick of the Week. So it looks like I took back the T-Box from you. 
Um, my Panthers pick got home there last week, and you have the Lions, which by all rights should have, but didn't quite get there. So uh, looks like I gotta gotta try to pick off a little uh, little value on this card here. That's right. Yeah, my short-lived T-box uh, appearance. You, next hole, you're all in. So we'll see what happens this week. Um. Well, I think this. Uh, this might there's a chance it might have been where you were going, but I just don't really see a whole lot I like, so I'm gonna have to just kind of cross my fingers and hope for the best and lock in that Indy plus thirteen. All right, yeah, I had a feeling you were going there, so I had something backed up. I, I wasn't actually my play. I was gonna, like you said, this this card's pretty pretty brutal. So I don't know, not a whole lot of avenues. I don't really plan on having a whole lot of plays myself. We'll see what happens throughout the week here, but. Kind of like your teaser idea um, uh, with, I, mean, I think I'm going to put Philadelphia. I just really don't like this Denver team, especially with Osweiler. I mean, <laughs> he's just really bad, and I don't I don't see it changing. So I'm going to take Philly with the teaser as one leg, and then I like, I'm going to take San Francisco, teasing them through those key numbers uh, from one and a half. I'm going to tease them up. So whatever, you can do the math there while we got Philadelphia. If you do it, what are we doing, six or six and a half point teasers? What, six? Yeah, six. Yeah, so six. I'll get Philadelphia down to, what, two? Laying yep. two, and then San Francisco get up to seven and a half, or I guess I don't know if it's at two or one and a half, whatever whatever you think you can make the call I see on a, that. So. I see a ton of two, two and a halves. Yeah, so I'll just Actually, do... I see more two and a halves than anything, so I'd say eight and a half with San Fran and um, Philly down to two is what most most uh, available numbers that I see. All right, yeah, we can do that. That sounds good. Um, so I'll take that as my... Two-leg teaser there, uh, two-team teaser for each leg. All right, well, yeah, i say just in general, I'd, I'd be surprised if I have you know, three plays on this card would be a stretch unless some numbers drastically change here during the week. So something to monitor, I guess, as the week goes on and, and see if there's any movement or if anything jumps way out of whack, you know, maybe I have to step in. But as of now, it's uh, going to be a pretty mellow week here. No Vikes, <laughs> not, uh, not the best card. Uh, hopefully these games are more entertaining than than the looks of it is uh, right now. Yeah, I kind of have a feeling it just seems like a a big favorite day, favorite and covers for uh, the games this weekend is kind of just what it feels like, which obviously doesn't bode well for me because I take a lot of underdogs and you know the non sexy teams, but it just kind of has that feeling. But obviously it's just a, a hunch type of thing. I'm not going to be betting on that or anything along those lines, but it's kind of just have that has that feeling to me. So yeah, like, uh, well, maybe we started up a new segment here with the uh, a Roan Sports Pod Jinx. Uh, since we started up the podcast, it looks like the Dodgers have scored three runs here, and it looks like they're uh, likely to force it to a Game Seven for the World Series. So maybe I'll have to make that a weekly segment where I pick a random game I'm watching on TV and see if, see if we can jinx it to the other side. Yeah, there you go. Uh, hopefully uh, that game sits right where it is. I got a little under in my pocket, so I'll be just fine seeing that final score there and going to Game Seven. Well, you know they're going to have a little uh, two-run dinger there to send her to extras. <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, anyway, all right, well, uh, best of luck to you, Rob, in week nine here. And uh, best of luck to listeners. Say this might be a week to be careful. <laughs> Don't get too crazy. It doesn't look like there's a whole lot out there. And uh, we'll come back next week and, and get after week ten. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com 
for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more. 